Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the show which helps you lead where God has placed you. I'm Andy Peck. This week I'm joined by the Senior Pastor of Community Bible Church, Stockbridge, Georgia, in the Atlanta metropolitan area. His name is uh, Bo Adams, and his church numbers some 6,000 and is one of the fastest growing churches in the city. He's the author of two books, uh, Seven Stupid Things People Do to Mess Up Their Lives and How Not to Do Them, and Stones of Gratitude. He's in the UK with Equip, a charity which is begun by uh, John Maxwell, which seeks to train Christians in leadership. So, Bo, lovely to have you with us. Thank you. Um, great joy to have you here today. You're here teaching with Equip. Uh, as kind of the, the kind of things you're looking at with them, what sort of topics do you cover? Well, well you know, it's called uh, uh, Salt and Light, and uh, uh, so much of it really is about transformational leadership and, and how that... Uh, uh, anybody can develop those leadership skills and become a transformational leader uh, right there. Maybe it's in their home or it's in their business, uh, at the office, in their school, wherever it is. They, they become that salt or that light where they can, they can begin to make an impact. So it's, it's all about that transformational leadership. Because a lot of folk have this misconception, and sometimes this programs like this, talking to leaders, sure. can breed that. Is that if you haven't got a position, mm. then how can you lead? And you're, obviously, that the program is trying to encourage folk to say, actually, I've got more influence than I maybe realise, or I could create influence. Absolutely, I, I, I think that's a, that's a big problem. So many of us, we seem to think that uh, you know, when I get there someday, then. I can make an impact. When I finally get that office, when I finally get that title, when I get that degree, then I can be somebody that makes a difference. But no, right where we are, uh, Christ has called us to be those transformational leaders. And and for some, he's put us maybe in the home every day. For some, he's put us uh, working at the coffee shop. For some, he's put us in school, wherever it is, that uh, to realize that we are all called to be those ministers of the gospel. And, and uh, we can be that light. We really can. Now, you were serving uh, for a decade decade or so in the church that you ended up being senior pastor of. I just wonder what the step up is like, having <laughs> served and then, quotes being where the buck stops, so-called. You, you know, um, I wish I had an easy answer that uh, uh, it's, it, it was a whirlwind. It really is. Um, not, I don't think anything really prepares you for that. Uh, uh, you can be told it's going to be like this, or you can maybe take a course and think it's going to be like this, but boy, I tell you, it's, it's, it's a very weird feeling when you become a senior pastor because before if something went wrong you could always kind of point to the other guy and say well you know pass the buck like you said but when you become the senior pastor you realize that it does come out right on you and and it can be heavy on your shoulders but that in and of itself causes you or it should cause us all to realize that maybe I, I really am not the final answer. I need to continue to rely on Jesus Christ. I need to rely on his power and his strength, or else I will find myself worn out, exhausted, burned out with ministry and will not last. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll come back to that in a little while. But um, your, your website describes the church as one church, many locations. Mm -hmm. So how did that kind of vision come about? Mm, I wish I could say I'm a good planner and strategizer, but I'm not. Um, I think it came more about through uh, realizing that that uh, 
and maybe you, you've experienced this, in, in the U.S., uh, we've almost developed this mindset that the pastor is the one who, who does all the evangelism. The pastor is the one who does all the ministry. Everybody else is kind of uh, uh, sitting and, and becomes the audience, uh, not participating, but simply paying the pastor to do these things. But, but to realize that everybody is a minister of the gospel, to teach that, but then to also follow through and enable people to do ministry uh, allows people to get outside the doors of the church and begin to uh, lead and be a pastor in their neighborhoods or uh, a pastor uh, uh, throughout the week um, with, with a group that they might uh, develop. And so... Um, the way it happened for us, yeah, we do have other uh, satellite locations and other pastors that speak over there on Sunday mornings, and and uh, and we do uh, online ministry as well. But but uh, some of the unique things that we've seen is we've enabled uh, folks in our congregation to take the gospel to the streets, and which literally means that um, um, in our church every Sunday. There, there are people not sitting in the pews in the church listening to me speak, but there are people out preaching the gospel on the streets to the homeless. Uh, we, we have something called exit ministries, uh, exits in, in uh, Atlanta or along the highway, and you get off at an exit, and there's exit one, exit 55 at different locations. And we find that a lot of homeless sleep under those bridges uh, on those exits. And so we actually have people who leave on Sunday mornings, they set up tents, there's music teams, and they do services, worship services, for people wherever we can find people. And so that does mean homeless, that means to go meet a, a group of men in an a, a unusual place, what the world would call, why, why is a church meeting here? Um, one we do is, a, is a, a service for men at a gun range. Um, and uh, a lot of people look at that and say, what does a church have to do with guns, <laughs> right? Uh, but we realize that men are at the gun range. Yes. And we'll go there and we'll have a, a service for them and men pack out the place and, and they enjoy talking and sharing later about their guns and, and shooting a bit. But I know that seems mm. weird and strange, but the truth is uh, we're reaching men where otherwise we wouldn't have reached those, those very men with the gospel, you see? Yeah, yeah. And so one church, many locations means we go to a lot of different places. So do you, did your leadership team think, let's have a strategy, let's think of areas where we could go? Or did people within the membership come to you and say, hang on, there's a gun you know, place that we could go to? Or how did it kind of all come about? <laughs> the answer to that is yes. <laughs> both, <laughs> and, uh, both hands. Yeah, we had a strategy, but in our wildest imagination, we couldn't come up with some of the things that people came to us with. Uh, for instance, too often we who have been working in the church tend to think inside mm. the box. And so we would strategize, well, let's start another location and it's going to look like this and be like this. And somebody would come to us and they'd say, well, can we do church in the local uh, 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 Buffalo Wings place? You know, uh, everybody sitting around the bar. And and initially you would say, well, that doesn't sound like a church, right? Uh, you can't do it that mm -hmm. way. But when we release them to do this, then suddenly there's groups of people and they're coming in and, and they're there and they're eating wings. And it seems strange to call that church, but... But that's the church on the go. That's the church on the move, getting outside uh, the walls of the church to minister to people where they are. You talked about an online ministry. A few churches in the UK have tried that. Sure. Uh, I don't know how you found it. What are the strengths and weaknesses of that kind of approach? Mm -hmm. you, you know, I, um, again, I am not the uh, brains behind this. Okay. Uh, we have a, uh, a tech team at our church. Um, they they know all the buttons to push and how to get this thing up and going. But they've done a phenomenal job. When they presented me with the idea, I said, "Sure, let's let's give it a go." Because 
we, we would often have lots of people in our church and they'd be relocated and they would call us and say, we can't find a church. We're looking for a church in our location. And, but uh, can we join online every Sunday? And we, we begin to notice that there'd be uh, people up in Milwaukee, which is, you know, a long way away from us who say, uh, we've got a group of people and we're, we're watching online, live online, and uh, they're interacting and they're connecting. And, and, and it goes so far as to say we are a part of that church community, even though we're the Milwaukee uh, branch of Community Bible Church. And, uh, and, and then they'll take a vacation. It was, it was neat. Uh, a few years ago, uh, the, the family that started up there in Milwaukee said, uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to take our vacation this Easter and we're going to drive down to church so that we can be baptized at Community Bible Church because that's our church, even though we're people living in Milwaukee. Uh, getting a group together there. Oh, wow, it's amazing. Yeah, so we've seen some success, and and every every Sunday we're amazed with where people tune in uh, from. And for, for instance, there will be uh, um, deployed soldiers where maybe their their spouse is, is with us on Sunday morning, but they're deployed over uh, in, in uh, uh, Qatar or wherever, and uh, they're joining us online okay. at, at the same time. And so in a weird sort of way, it's like they're joining, going to church with their spouse online, at community That's together, even though yeah. they're very far apart. And you mentioned satellite church and uh, the idea of uh, pastors having preaching at the the different venues. Sure. Obviously, some churches operate with a, I'll preach one, you'll preach one message, and it will go to the satellite congregation. So you've right. you've chosen to have live preaching. We 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 do a little of both. We okay. we. We're we really are trying to figure out what works still. Okay. Yeah. Um, which means uh, the way it works for me on 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 Wednesday, well actually Tuesday, I'll I'll write a basic message and outline. Uh, Wednesday, I'll gather all the pastors around from various locations. We meet and we go through the outline together, and uh, and so they we we discuss points and so forth and direction that this is going within a series. And then, of course, they take it out and they preach that on uh, Sundays or whatever other time of the week that they, there is a service. And uh, so that that's happening. So we're, we're, we're pretty much staying on the same topic in the same direction, same focus uh, at the church. Um, but then they'll go out with that message and preach live. Uh, however, uh, every once in a while, we do a live broadcast to different locations as well. So sometimes the... Um, I know you don't know the cities around us, uh, but uh, there's there's a city called Peachtree City that joins the main campus from time to time. Another city called Morrow that joins us from time to time live. So they feel connected then again to the whole. Wonderful. Well, you're listening to The Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by uh, Bo Adams, the senior pastor of uh, Community Bible Church um, in Stockbridge in Georgia. Um, Bo church has seemed to be growing fast people ask so what's the secret you've already hinted at a kind of entrepreneurial spirit that you have within the church have been have there other things that you look back and say actually this is what the lord seems to be doing and this is why we're growing yeah you know um actually really studying on this for a good bit um our church was one of the listed as one of the fastest growing churches uh, for a period of time there in the united states and so i was able to then to connect with a lot of these other pastors who were listed that as well. And I asked them, I'd say, tell me. And, and it was interesting, some of the common things uh, that they said, this, these are the top things that I would say has contrib contributed to our growth. And what was very interesting about that is every single one ended up listing that number one for them was the favor of God. 
which you understand that, and, and certainly that's something we say, right? Uh, well, certainly God has blessed us, but to really dig down a little bit uh, and to realize that that we do have to wait, we do have to, uh, God's timing, and that's tough for me. I am an impatient person, and too often I'm saying, come on, let's get on with this God, let's do some great things, and, I'll, and I almost try to force things to happen. But when, when we take that time to wait for His favor, to see where God's leading, what His direction is, and, and to get on board with that, then, then, then we begin to see something phenomenal happen. And, and, and I, I point back to that because um, I remember those uh, years of profound growth in the church, and um, and it was it was listening and, and, and God directing in a way that a lot of people are saying, why are you doing church that way? Nobody does church like that. That's weird. That's strange. That's different. Uh, but to trust him in that and to step out, uh, which is, is saying, you know, I'm going to leave this up to you. And then to be able to, it's, it's fun. It's exciting to see God begin to move in a way that nobody thought would be possible. Wonderful. Well, you were listening to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm talking this today with Bo Adams. Um, his church numbers some 6,000, based uh, in the outer area of, um, of Atlanta and Georgia in the United States. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Bo Adams. Bo, Bo is the Senior Pastor of Community Bible Church in Stockbridge, uh, Georgia, in the Atlanta metropolitan area. Uh, we've been talking before the break a little of, uh, of how the church has grown to some 6,000 and... Um, Bo was sharing a little bit about the sense of the favor of God upon them, um, you know, as, as one of the contributing factors. So, well, obviously the main contributing factor to that growth. And sometimes that we, if you kind of burrow down in other things, that that's, that's the key thing that we need to look at. But also been excited to hear some of the um, exciting outreach projects that they've, they've had going. So, Bo, as you, um, you know, look at your work as a senior pastor, you also work as a leadership consultant. What are the kind of things that people come to you about? Is, is it possible to narrow them down to the kind of topics that you end up talking about, or is it just so broad? It is It is very broad. Is it? Okay. Yeah, it's very broad. It's hard to narrow it down, uh, but, but certainly... Uh, uh, I'll get a I'll, I'll, I'll get a lot of people asking from time to time. What can I do in my church? How okay, so I how can I grow? grow? Yeah, that's the that's the main thing you hear. And uh, I wish I had a do <laughs> number one, number two, and number three, and boom, yeah, yeah. it's going to happen. Uh, but it really is. It's different. Um, it's different for every pastor and personality. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's different for locations even. Um, for instance, what might work in Atlanta uh, very well might not work here in London uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, different, different audiences, different groups of people, different uh, places where people are at. Uh, which is why I go back again to say, as we wait for the favor of God and learn to, learn to listen to His voice and His direction mm -hmm. and allow God to work, um, work through us, we begin, I, I think He begins to lead us faithfully and He begins to open our eyes we begin to see opportunities where, where we can become that, that ministry in, in, in a, whatever city it is that he's put us. So uh, I, I can't really say. <laughs> is, I mean, stress and burnout, are those kind of things ever? That's that that's so very common. That's so very common. I see that um, uh, I see that in so many pastors. Um, uh, for instance, I, I think the average uh, span somebody is a youth minister now is like nine months. Wow, which blows my mind. Yeah, uh, and uh, to see uh, to see uh, uh, that stress happen, but 
but I, I know why it happens. Um, I know the burnout that can happen. I know the pain, and I know, I know being that person that it seems like uh, nobody understands. And you try to explain it, you try to share with somebody what it means to be a pastor, and they'll be like, yeah, I know, I know, my job's the same way, and, and but nobody understands. And so uh, I understand that burnout. I see where that happens, and, and, uh, um, and it's painful to watch. It's painful to see. Uh, but at the same time, um, I, I believe that God, uh, God gives us that strength. He does renew new us. And um, uh, years ago, I was in school here in, uh, uh, at, at a school by the name of Cape and Ray. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. And uh, there was a, uh, there was a, uh, my principal was from Glasgow. Yes. His name was Billy Strachan. Okay. And I still remember his words, even when I was just a young college student. He said, uh, he said, someday you're going to be completely worn out and completely exhausted and at your wits end. And then it's going to be that you're going to remember the words that this old Scottish principal <laughs> said to you. He said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You can't do it on your own power. You can't do it on your own strength. And that has really always stuck with me. Yeah. And so anytime we are tired, anytime we, we, we go, go to the, be with him, go talk. That's wonderful. Him, right? yeah, good, good stuff. Um, Bo, you have a you have a sizable staff. Some churches are heavy on working hard at using a range of psychometric tests. I don't know if uh, before hiring someone. I don't know how you come. Kind of, what what are your kind of processes of, I, of finding right the I, right staff? I wish I could give you a good answer, <laughs> but I, if you asked all my staff today. Uh, about my abilities with hiring, they would say, don't let anybody talk with Pastor Bone. Um, I am okay. the worst at it. Okay. I'm the worst. It took me a long time to realize I was the worst at it. Um, I used to think that I could look at somebody and go, that'd be the right person for this okay. job. And, and I got burned so many times okay. as a result. And so um, now I just kind of, I, I give you it, leave to, it to others. Yes. Mm. Yes. The people who have those skills and abilities and even my wife, Okay. Uh, my wife, uh, she is, uh, she's able to spot a lot of things intuitively that I don't see. Um, and uh, she's, she listening to her has saved me loads of loads of trouble. <laughs> but, one of the, but one of the skills and good, good aspects of leadership is knowing the bits that you're going to have to leave to others. True. I guess, I guess True. you spotted that. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a it's a struggle. From time to time, I'll try to take back over and, and make a decision, only to have people say, "Hey, hey, hey, recognize your weaknesses." <laughs> now, you've taught leadership in different countries in the world, different continents. Yeah. Um, how much work do you have to do on go on the culture mm. into which you're t teaching, mm. um, both in terms of illustrations, but also in terms of even the the approach mm -hmm. to the leadership stuff? Or do you actually find that the, the material kind of more or less works there's, wherever. There's some things that work everywhere, but there's a whole lot that doesn't. And I've learned that sometimes mm. the hard way. Okay. Uh, but yes, cultures are vastly different. I, I, I've, I've done a lot of training over here, and uh, it's completely different than when I go to Brazil. Okay. And uh, I'm working with the churches there. Um, it's interesting here in the, in, in the UK, uh, we'll have uh, a meeting for leadership or church growth and so forth, and we'll have pastors turn up. Um, and uh, uh, But in Brazil, you take some material, and they're much hungrier for it than they are here. It's not mm -hmm. as available to them. And so you can take some material and, and teach in Brazil, and you'll have thousands of people show up, and they're excited, and they're they're 
cheering and 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 <laughs> it's it's uh, it's an adrenaline rush. <laughs> really. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yes, we're, Brits are typically a bit more <laughs> understated. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. Uh, so it is. Uh, I've realized it is different, and uh, and I've also had to realize that uh, where I come from, my culture. Uh, in the south of the United States, uh, a lot of people look at that and go, well, that's weird, that's strange, uh, that doesn't translate real well. Yeah, I mean, the difference yeah. between there and, say, Boston would be... Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. For instance, uh, 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 my accent, and uh, I've, I've, I've had to try to work on my southern accent when okay. I travel, <laughs> okay. even so that the translator can understand what I'm trying to say <laughs> and translate it to whoever we're talking to. So a lot of adjustments you have to make, but uh, sure. it's always exciting when you do yeah. Now you've 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 you're an author, um, so you've got just time to mention a couple of your books: uh, Seven Stupid Things People Do to Mess Up Their Lives, <laughs> and How Not to Do Them. Sure. And Stones Stones of Gratitude. How could people get in touch? They probably listen to you and they think, "Yeah, I like this guy. I'd like to read yeah. stuff he's written." So how, how would they get in touch? Well, it's it's on Amazon. You can, Amazon. That's an easy way to uh, okay. uh, get it. So B- Bo Adams, B A B E A U B E A U B E A U Adams A D A M S. And uh, if you just type that in, uh, it should pull up Seven Stupid Things, mm. uh, which is really a study in in the Book of Proverbs. Okay. Uh, several of the main things that that. Uh, uh, the the author brings out or hey this is this is something I want my child watch out avoid this and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of that really is uh, the heart of a father to their child I have a I have a 22 year old son a 21 year old daughter and and this is stuff I want you guys to know um, because I've been there and I've made the dumb mistakes before and I want to save you a load of uh, grief uh, you know just uh, so that's that's where that book came from and uh, and then the stones of gratitude. Uh, it's it's something interesting we did in our church. Uh, um, uh, you know, when uh, Joshua took the children of Israel across the Jordan, God said, hey, go grab those stones. Uh, stack them here and let it be a remembrance for you. And, and so we took that to our church and we said, uh, uh, what are those things in our life that we might not have been thankful for before, but we realized God allowed that. And it can be something by which we can be thankful and learn from and continue to pass on the blessings that God has done in our life to others. Uh, so that one of the things we did in our church, we uh, had we brought in a bunch of stones, river stones, uh, into the atrium. And, and people would, uh, families would go and they'd take their own stone and they'd write on those stones things that they're thankful for. And then uh, we ended up one Sunday bringing them all together, and, and they're still today stacked there in front of oh, our wonderful. church. Yeah. So that when people drive through and they say, what in the world are these bunch mm. of stones for? Well, we just want everybody to know that we're thankful for this. We're thankful for this, what mm. God did in our life here. And so Stones of Gratitude, that's where that came from. Wonderful. And uh, some of the old hymns talk about Ebenezer's, which I understand is the yes, origin yes, of that kind it. of idea. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we had to look it up once when we were singing the hymns. <laughs> Good. Well, it's been terrific to chat with you both. So thank you so much for, for sharing. Thank you, Andy. Um, so you've been listening to Leadership Fire with me, Andy Peck. I was joined this week by Bo Adams. Again, he's the Senior Pastor of Community Bible Church, Stockbridge, Georgia. Uh, those books, again, Seven Stupid Things People Do to Mess Up Their Lives and How Not to Do Them, and Stones of Gratitude. And you can find that, type it in Amazon, and uh, you can uh, either download it on Kindle, I suspect, Kindle, as, yes, well, as, um, as well as a hard hard copy if you, you so choose. So it's been great to, to have you on the show. Thank you, Bo. Thank you, uh, Bo, uh, as we've said, is uh, here in London uh, sharing some material uh, connected with Equip, a charity that's uh, began by John, John Maxwell, which seeks to train Christians in leadership.
So I look forward to your company again uh, next uh, Sunday at 3.30. Do uh, go also to Premier's website and you can find archive versions of the Leadership File, uh, including this one in due course. Look forward to your company again next Sunday at 3.30. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's Word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.